Welcome back to Sports Headlines, the most authentic pre-game nation sports. I said I was never going to do that again, and like two weeks later, which is now today, I did, I, I, I did it again. Um, by the way, welcome back to Sports Headlines, the most authentic place to sports it really quickly. Again, that's Warner. I'm Sean, as always. Um, I just want to talk, I just want to say one quick thing before we get started. So last night, Lakers sent our Alex Holling, co-founder of uh, Crossover 365, he sent out a tweet, right? And the tweet was saying, um, it was a graphic of like the votes and stuff for the all NBA list, which is the first topic of today's show. If you're like, you don't want to know. Um, and he said, all year, people have been saying media and analysts and like media folk have been saying that Kawhi Leonard is the best player in the world. But when he actually went to go vote, Kawhi Leonard wasn't even on the first team, he was on the second team. And basically saying that that's how you know that most of the stuff that people say is just for show. And I tweeted on responsible, hey, that's why we call ourselves the most authentic place in sports. It's not just some catchy slogan because it's it's catchy, but it's not just some random slogan that we just thought of. And actually, I think we had said that recently after an interview with the stadium scene because they talked about authenticity. My God, what is all my words? Authenticity. And then we said, hey, screw it. But um, yeah, so it's not just some catchy slogan. We fully believe that. And yeah. So anyway, let's get right into it. Um Alex Hollingsworth. Yes, Warren. I'm sorry. I am I am very, very you should be. You very, and names do not go together at all. Yes, it does. Well, 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 Warner, first off, how are you while I stall and send something in response? I'm I'm doing all right. I'm excited to get these topics uh, through today. Um, I, I'm I I want to see what you think for three of them. Um, but you know, otherwise, you know, I'm I'm just waiting to show you up on the week two picks, basically. All right, we are about to get started with the first topic of the day, Warner. Let's get into a sports headline. September seventeenth. Let's go. Wait, actually, never mind, never mind. Change that. I'll introduce the first one because I know, like, the list. So, do you know the All-NBA teams? You can go ahead if you want to. All right, I'll introduce. You take the second one. So, you introduce two, three, four. Got it? All right. So, last night or yesterday, All-NBA teams were released. Uh, for the most part, they were fine. But there were a couple of notable players who were not who did not make the team. For example, um, Bradley Beal did not make an all-NBA team. Uh, neither did um, – wait, I said Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal did not make an all-NBA team. So did uh, Bam Adebayo and Joel Abito, the most notable ones. that did not make an all-NBA team. However, uh, and also Chris Middleton did not make an all-NBA team. I'll read all the selections for you. All-NBA first team, we got Giannis and LeBron, the two unanimous All-NBA first team selections, uh, combined with James Harden, Anthony Davis, and Luka Doncic. On the second team, we got Kawhi Leonard, Nikola Jokic, Dame Dallahalla, call your baby mama drama. Uh, Chris Paul, Pascal Siakam. On the third team, we got Jason Tatum, Jimmy Butler, Rudy Gobert, Ben Simmons, and Russell Westbrook. And I'm glad they gave Chris Paul some respect. I'm I'm really happy. I'm really happy with that. That 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 makes me that makes me smile. Warner, who is the biggest snub on the from the All NBA team list? You know, I, I know his team did not make the playoffs or even the playing games, but I I gotta say Bradley Beal. I mean, that guy put up numbers that were similar to James Harden. He was, I believe, the second leading scorer uh, in terms of points per game this season. And, um, you know, I, I feel like he deserves it. He's a very, very you, – you never hear Bradley Beal's name until it's like, oh, he would be a great number two, or, oh, if he went to this team, they would be the favorites. But, you know, give some respect to him. Um, I think Bradley Beal is one of the better guards in the game. Um, and, and, you know, playing in Washington and the, their lack of success over his career – has really, I think, put his his reputation kind of in the dumpster. But he's a, he can he can ball, 
and um, I, I think he was the biggest scrub, or um, not scrub. I think scrub. I think he was the biggest player left off. Yeah, um, that, that's that's great. I, I think that's fine as well. And Bradley Beal, he's the easy perfect example of don't get he doesn't get any credit because of the situation and the team he's in because he's in Washington, right? So if he was in LA or even the market, even he would like if he was in New York doing this and New York was trash, he would be get he would be an all NBA selection at the very least. So we need to give credit where credit is due to Bradley Beal. Um, and like you see, he, he just dropped 30 points, six assists this year. And while I just said that, um, it, it's not. I'm gonna go in a dip. I'm gonna go in a. You could have put him instead of Ben Simmons. Right. That's that's why I would have given him the spot too. Still is yet. Even if he's the third team, he still hasn't gotten a jump shot, much less a three point shot. He's kind of plateaued in his career. He's gotten better at certain aspects of the game, but he got injured, and then the Sixers, you know, they were not a top seed, and then they lost. And I know we're not supposed to count the playoffs. Which we should. Yeah, in terms of these selections, but they did get eliminated to the playoffs, and he was out um, for for a good amount of time at the end of the season. So, you know, I'm not I'm not too sure that he deserved it, especially over a guy like Bradley Beal. And really quickly, before I give my select my my biggest snub, your the All NBA teams should be given to the 15 best players. Ben Simmons is not is not a top 15 player right now. No disrespect to Ben Simmons. but And also, that's just how the list should be constructed. It should be the 15 best players in that given season. Yeah. The NBA really, really limits, especially when now that we're into more positionless basketball, the, real, the NBA really limits voters and, and the fans as a result in terms of two guards, two forwards, and a center. To, and I know sometimes you can stretch it for a guy like Anthony Davis who plays some forward and some center or um, Jimmy Butler who plays some guard and some forward. But you, you really – the NBA limits themselves. And, you know, this isn't my biggest gripe with the NBA, but maybe a little bit of change in the all-NBA team voting. Um, that'd be great. I mean, the Rockets don't even have a center. So. Yeah. Um, my, my, my biggest snub – I mean, again, back to what I said, the, the 15 best players. Tell me, Rudy Gobert this year was better than Bam Adebayo or Joel Embiid. And we're talking about impact. Bam Adebayo, but below Nikola Jokic, maybe the most impactful center or big man center, because AD <laughs> is not a center. Center. I, most impactful center to his team in the NBA because of how that offense is ran. Not through Bam, but Bam is a big part of that offense. A lot of their actions involve Bam getting the shooters like Tyler Hero, Duncan Robinson open with their two action defensively. The block really quickly. That block against Boston, he goes with his right hand as a foul and one. He goes with he went with his left hand to block that shot. To seal the game for, for Miami, just to go on a, a side tangent there. But if we're talking about impact, Bam is the second most impactful center in the NBA, at least this year. So we're going about off the top 15 players, Bam or Embiid, I take over Rudy Gobert. That's no disrespect to, to Rudy Gobert. And I think I don't think neither one position. And you only uh, have three spots, which is another problem. I mean, Joel Embiid had a better season than Ben Simmons did, but Ben Simmons got in. Because because, because guard, then there are right, and which is why I'm saying screw the positions. Fifteen best players regarding a position. Because what if there's a year? What if it's a full year and Cat's balling, Bam's balling, Nikola Jokic's balling, Rigo Bears guard, and B's balling. They're all balling. You gotta leave two of those five players off your list. The NBA needs to fix the way they format their All NBA list. And, and here's actually, I, I kind of have a suggestion if anybody um, who has the power to do that is, is watching. Maybe go, you have to have a one guard, one forward, and one center, and you can have two wild card players. That fixes it. Because now you don't have to have a guy like Simmons in. You can put a guy like Embiid or, or Bam in, or 
you know, if there was, you know, there's a lot of forwards I, I, that are that are eligible for these teams, maybe put an extra forward in. And, and it can vary year to year. And it just gives the voters some more flexibility. And I think the fans would appreciate it more as well. Really quickly before we go on to the next topic, I do want to say this. My only gripe with the list, the, they got the list and like the players that were in it. Besides, again, like the Gobert being in and over Embiid and Bam and then Beer being off of it. It, it. It's not a bad list. I will, my only potential gripe, I think, I think this is why I said it uh, when we did our all NBA list for the regular season. I think I put Dane I over Luca. I think we did it for the bubble. We did for both. We did for oh, both. Yeah, yeah, okay. I think I put Dame over Luca, um, so that's my only gripe with it. But even then, I can't really complain too much. It's a solid list, but still, you got you got to reconstruct the format. It I, needs to be the fifteen best players. I think you could also put a guy like Butler or Tatum in the forward spot on the second team and drop Siakam down a team. I uh, think I put Siakam on the third team in favor, like Butler on the second team, I believe. So Butler. Other than those small changes, I mean, they got pretty much all the players right and and pretty much all their teams right. I'm I'm satisfied with the first team. You you could have put Dame Dollar in there, but I mean, if you think about it, Luca was the guy on the most efficient offense of all time. So um, until the clutch, besides that one game four. Um, so you know, I I don't really have a gripe against that. Um, moving right along though, Sean. What happens, transitioning a little bit to the NFL, what happens if the Browns lose and drop to 0-2, losing to two division rivals as well? They play, they play against the Bengals tonight, right? Yep. <laughs> if the Bengals beat them, oh, my goodness. Hey, the Bengals will be 2-0 in the last two meetings against the Browns. If the Cleveland Browns lose tonight, um, we're talking about a cataclysmic uh, – turmoil in that in that front office I mean not in the front of but even on that team you're already seeing trade rumors surfacing about Odell Beckham Jr. Baker Mayfield a little bit more than just trade rumors about Odell though uh Baker Mayfield may and it pains me to say because I have mad love for Baker Mayfield but he may depending on how he plays tonight maybe close to losing his starting job who's the Browns backup Case Keenum I think Oh, okay. Gosh. Um, I mean, he has experience with. Uh, although Kevin Stefanski. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah, I, go ahead. I want to. I want to make a point after you. Um, and I mean, if we got to question Kevin Stefanski a little bit, and we were both relatively high. Just and, and we, <laughs> I mean, Freddie Kitchens ran more play action than Kevin Stefanski get, did in Week One, and we were complaining a lot about the lack of play action that Freddie Kitchens was running. Go, go ahead, though. And um, and, and, and so yeah, t- tonight Baker has to step up. Odell has to play like a a bona fide superstar wide receiver. I gave him, I put him in a top ten. Why should not? Where if you didn't put him in a top ten wide receivers in our top ten wide receiver list, you you you, you I couldn't be mad at you. I put him in the top ten because he is a top three wide receiver talent. He is box office as Stephen A. Smith will call him. He ha- he has the route running, elite route running traits when he's healthy. He has that go up and catch ability. He has to run uh, the the yards after catch or run after just catch. the raw speed. I mean, so he he, he, got, ha- he, he has, has athleticism. He's got everything, he's got and he is not playing like a top, not even a top ten wide receiver thus far. So he has to play well tonight because there are some other teams that could use them. I mean, Warner, one of them. Um, so, hey, you know, Sean, I noticed, uh, I, I noticed, I, I think Devontae Adams is actually very underrated in football. Um, and I make sure on this show that he is not. Sean gets sick and me raving really about quickly, Devontae Adams. Really but, quickly, really quickly, yesterday or the other day, I think it might be yesterday you said when 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 we were talking about the BAM block, you said, oh, well, when, when people talk about LeBron, Sean gets a little slighted. When we talk about Aaron Rodgers or Devontae Adams in a negative way, you get in your feelings too. Let's continue. Go ahead to your point. A little bit, yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, I definitely couldn't couldn't deny that 100%. But, um, you know, it's just – it's it's something um, when you when you see one of the these great receiver talents just kind of 
wish they went back to the Giants. I mean, I mean, really, he he was putting up huge numbers in, in New York. And, you know, you could make the argument that, oh, well, Odell's just, I guess, he Odell's a selfish player. He can't play on a winning team. And when he's on a losing team, then he just puts up really good numbers. When he's on a team that has the talent to win, then he drags them down. But I, I don't think that's the case. I think there's just the Browns need to figure out everything. And honestly, Freddie Kitchens, I feel like, was a very, very good offensive coordinator for them once Hugh Jackson got fired in Baker's first year. But he might have ruined Baker Mayfield's career and the Browns in this in this new chapter of their of their team, the, their history of, of this team. Because just the culture problems that he kind of let slide for, for the first half of the season and then tried to fix, you're going to have to get a lot of new faces in there and only keep the guys who understand, like, you know, we're not winning. And the, the only reason, the only way we're going to win is a culture change and, and just ship everybody out. And that might be getting rid of a guy like Odell or Baker or Jarvis Landry or even a Nick Chubb, despite how much I love Nick Chubb. Uh, some defensive guys, offensive line. You you might just have to kind of retool this whole team in order to kind of stem out these culture problems in the locker room. Also, I noticed you picked up Alan Lazard on your fantasy team. I think that was a mistake. I, I'm just saying. I wouldn't get too high on him or MVS yet. Yet. I know. That's why he's not starting this week. Okay. I'm going to win this week, by the way. Mm, we'll no chance. We'll Unless Rogers puts up another 41 piece. He needs he needs 67 this week. I quit. All right, Warner, next topic. <laughs> All right. Um, so going back to basketball, we went NBA, NFL, back to the NBA. Another kind of maybe culture problem you could say. How much blame does Doc Rivers get or deserve in in this Clippers kind of falling apart this season? Um, you know me very, very well. So when, like, you know what I do, like, for basketball, like, outside of SH. So my favorite part of what I do outside of SH is not practice. It's not the game. It's watching film and watching what our team can do better, what we did well, what we didn't do well. But more importantly, what the other team does really well and how we can stop that and what they don't do really well and how we can exploit it. Now, with Doc Rivers, offensively, I don't think you can blame him at all because if you're drawing up decent stuff and your guys, your two star players are wetting the bed. Kawhi Leonard had 12 points in the first half. He had two points on one for 11 shooting in the second half, zero points in the fourth quarter. Paul George had 10 points on four on four of 16 shooting. So your two star players. Combined for 10 for 38 or 10 for 40, I forget which number it was. That's not your fault. What's your fault is defensively and how you de- and how you guard and how you decide to defend the other team's best sets and their best uh, uh, players. And what the what I saw that the Clippers could not do, they didn't know what they were doing with that little two man or two man ball screen action with Jamal Murray and Nikola Jokic. They didn't know what to do and how to defend that. It was it was easy pickings for this for that Denver Nuggets offense. Earlier in the series, Nuggets couldn't hit shots and the ball was a little stagnant. You you the Nuggets went, they started off with the two-man ball screen action, and the floor opened up for them. And I mean it'll be some cases. You oh my gosh, you don't I don't know if you know what a drop coverage is, Warner, for, for a ball screen action, but you do not Drop, you do not play drop coverage in a pick and roll action on a guy that is dropped in the midst of dropping 40 points. You don't get everything he shoots. <laughs> you, you can't you give him space like that. Do that. You don't play drop coverage. That's an instance where you say, no, I, I, I'm going to get Jokic. Okay, I, I'm blowing. Either you blow the screen up or you can't really blitz it with Murray and Jokic, so that's out of the equation, right? You can't really do that, so you have to blow the screen up, right? Or 
or you play tight on Jokic and you get over that daggone screen. Get over it. Make it tough for Jamal Murray. The Clippers did not do that. And the second part of the question was, should he be fired? No. First of all, do I think he'll be fired? No, because they're already stuffed. There's multiple rumors like Kendrick Porkins Sanders are going to blow it up. Other more credible sources, I guess you could say, are saying that the Clippers are going to go one more shot at it, especially because Kawhi Leonard went to L.A. due to the fact that Doc Rivers is going to be the head coach. So I don't think he's going to be fired. He shouldn't be fired. I don't want him to be fired. Um, but, yeah, 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 he deserves some blame, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Offensively, heck, no, your two-star players went 10 for 38 in the biggest game of the season. This is not his fault, at least offensively. Yeah, I think you got to give uh, huge props to Michael Malone, uh, the coach for the Nuggets. I mean, just the way that he rebounded and, and kind of used – I mean, I'm assuming – as you said, the film, I'm assuming he just he looked at the film in both the series, the Jazz series and and the um, Clipper series coming back from down three one. I mean, it, it kind of almost feels easier now that, you know, LeBron did it a few years ago in the finals and now the Nuggets have done it twice. twice. But it's, it's not an easy thing to accomplish. And, and when you accomplish that once in any given playoff series, it's amazing. But they've done it twice. And I think that's huge credit to. The players willing to learn and fix their mistakes, and uh, Coach Malone uh, just coaching coaching his behind off, and 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 getting these guys ready to play, and you know, take advantage of what of what the um, Clippers do defensively on on their kind of pick and pop action with Murray and Jokic, or uh, take advantage of the Clippers offensively and make the make those guys like George and Kawhi not be able to hit their shots. Um, and, oh, oh wait, pause. Can I stop right there really quickly? Yeah, go ahead. It's not also like, let's not let Kawhi Leonard Paul George off the hook. It's not, I'm not saying you are. It, it's not like the Nuggets did something crazy defensively that made it ultra tough for Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to get to, uh, to, to make every shot tough. A lot of their shots, or especially down the stretch in game five, I, I, I talked to you relatively shortly or shortly after game five. I almost died watching that game. Because the Nuggets' defense was so atrocious, and the fact they, they won that—I mean, they just missed the shots, right? And the Clippers just could buy a shot. Game six, same thing. Game seven, a lot of the shots in the fourth quarter, they just could not find the basket. So sorry to cut you off there, and I have a follow-up question when you're done explaining. But yeah, so let, let's ahead. not let's not let Kawhi Leonard, Paul George off the hook. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely, definitely don't let them off the hook. I'm just saying. I think Coach Malone did a great job of bringing his guys back, and, and he's got another tough matchup against the Lakers coming up. Yeah. You know how much fun I would have if the Nuggets beat the Lakers? Oh, God. I, I might not show I might not yeah. show up. Uh, <laughs> it would just be me for an hour and a half on, I might, on podcast I'm, just laughing. I, I might not show up. I, I mean, I mean, like, we'll be in the middle of an NFL topic, and then, uh, and then it'll be like, yeah, so Aaron Rodgers – did this, and then actually uh, Rogers missed this pass on third and fourteen. Hey, um, is LeBron in the finals this year? <laughs> like, thank you. <laughs> but um, here's my here's my question to you, Warner, really quickly before we move on. Do you think the Clippers should adjust anything to the roster, like potentially a Paul George trade again, or or, or anything else? Um, I, I don't think they should trade Paul George. Because I, I just I don't think unless they can get somebody who they are, you know, Doc just is one thousand percent sure in, and he can make this crazy scheme for, and and him plus plus Leonard would be truly amazing. I think they should get another or or a really a top notch defensive center, um, or at least try to. I think they should hang on to uh, Jordan, and, and it's it's very 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 likely. That that Harold's not coming back, um, and and then you have a guy like Lou Will who's kind of an offensive specialist, and you have a guy like Pat Bev who's a defensive specialist, but they're both aging, and and so I, I think you know you you want to add a little bit, but I, I don't say you blow it up or or get rid of a guy like Paul George. Um, the the, the Clippers have a bunch of outside of Kawhi Leonard, Paul George. Look at that roster. 
one-sided players. There's not a guy on that team that is at least decent on both sides of the ball. Patrick Beverly, he is a defensive specialist. He is not productive consistently offensively. Lou I mean, Will. He can, make a shot. he can make a shot, but he's he's not some guy you want to say. That, that, oh, that could create his own basket, yeah. Lou Will, offensive specialist, an absolute liability defensively. Uh, Zubac, a force on the offensive glass, kind of a liability defensively. Montrez Harrell, great with the energy, great on offense, a liability defensively, especially when you go up against the elite bigs in the game. My point is, here's what I think the Clippers need. I don't know if it takes the Paul George trade. You got to go get somebody. When, when, when you look at that offense, you got to go get somebody that can – that can initiate the offense. I don't – to go back to uh, – I watched a clip of first take earlier. Hey, hey, Sean. I yeah. said, I'm real fast. Yeah. Hey, um, you know how I just said earlier in, in the first topic about the All-NBA teams, how nobody really involves Bradley Beal's name in any sentence except for <laughs> favorite. But how about if a Bradley Beal went over? Because, I mean, he can ball handle. He's not – I think that's what the Clippers need. I think the Clippers need a guy that can initiate that, that can initiate the offense, be, be a little bit of a playmaker, but can create his own shot. Bradley Beal fits that role. So if you can get a Bradley Beal for Paul George, I do that deal. Um, I, don't think, I don't think they would straight up do it, but I think you could uh, coax him into doing that that deal, especially if if the Wizards are maybe want to then ship Paul George off somewhere to another contender and get a bunch of picks or, or young young talent right. for him. So basically what I'm saying, I think the Clippers need, because we look at and Max, Max Kellerman is a smart guy, but he is sometimes the most illogical, dumb analyst. He's like, he's like Warren when he sees his take going south, going bad. He's like, he just, he just runs it straight into the ground. He, he doesn't, he doesn't know when to stop. Like, hmm. Hey, although he might be wrong. He might be right about the Tom Brady cliff thing. That's the only thing. That's the only take. That oh, it said. still wasn't right when he first said it. He had to wait. Right. It, it, it took years. like years. Right. It took like two years at the least. So he still wasn't technically right. Um, but he said something that was, I, I was like, hmm, that's actually kind of smart. He's kind of right. He said, like, when you look at that Clippers offense, will they have initiating the offense right now amongst the starters? Pat handle the ball. Kawhi can handle the ball, but he's not he's, that he's guy. Not, he, he's not the play. He's not a playmaker. I don't trust the Paul Raptors George. Still had, the Raptors still had Kyle Lowry. Kyle Lowry. And, and, Fred VanVleet. Yeah. Siakam's gotten better at initiating the offense now. Kawhi, I've seen it a lot because they just lost in three down, three one, up three one. Should Kawhi? I'm just saying. Um, and, and he said rumors are saying he felt that Toronto couldn't championship again and that's kind of disrespectful to to a little bit of hey they basically made it farther than you i mean i know they both got eliminated in the second round game seven but their series i think was more competitive and you let them come back three one that's all three one yeah all right um that that was a fun topic uh i kind of made call myself a little bit of a hypocrite with the bradley deal thing but i think that would be really cool uh, to see Bielko over there. Um, going to the relevant LA team now, um, who's under more pressure in, in this game one, and who needs it more, the Lakers or the Nuggets? Um, I'm not like your fan, like, you know, like a Max or any of the analysts who just, like, they, they – they support their team, and they think that they can never do anything wrong. The Lakers are under more pressure to win game one tomorrow night. Here's, not, here's, the, here's the reason why. First off, um, while the Lakers have won eight of, uh, eight of the first ten playoff games, they're not the team that just came out with 3-1 back-to-back times. And that Denver team right now, they feel they can be and compete with any team in the league. And, heck, the confidence they, they, that team has got to be through the roof. Right, and heck, they feel that they could probably win an NBA championship this year. That's number one. Number two, again, they just came off of a 3-1 series, back-to-back 3-1, coming coming back from 3-1 to win a series. you got to come out in game one and probably even game two as well. And it's like, nah, this ain't that. We are superior to to you. 
and, and, and search your dominance. This is the series that Anthony Davis has to prove to me that he is legitimate top five bona fide player. We're, we're going to see who's the better big. I'm not saying I think it's going to be Jokic, but I'm not saying not either. LeBron needs to continue to prove that he's the best player in the world. The Lakers role players have to continue to step up. Besides the game ones in both series, the Lakers role players have stepped up big time in both series and they continue to do it this series. My Lakers do not sleep on this Denver Nuggets team because if you do so, I may not be able to record with Warner for about for, – for, At least until the final's over and they release MVP, at least. Yeah. Right. Uh, so yeah, yeah. And if you want that to happen, then uh, go ahead. But please, here's what I'll here, here's what I'll say. The Dodgers would have to win the World Series finally for me to get shut up about the Lakers losing. And then the Chargers would have to beat the the Chiefs this week or something. I, I don't know what what. Uh, uh, Dodgers don't disappoint me. My Dodgers also clinched a, a playoff spot, and the Reds are getting a little hot at the right time. Hey, right now. I'm, I'm just hoping it's not too late, uh, to be honest with you. The sixth seed right now. Yep, we are um, definitely, definitely catching a little bit of fire. Yep, but Warner, go ahead. Your thoughts. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Sorry, sorry, really quickly. But, yeah, again, and again, I, said, I think I said this yesterday. The Lakers have something, again, that the, that the Clippers and the Jazz, the Jazz have Rudy Gobert, an all-world defensive center. But his versatility and be able to come out and defend on the perimeter is a little lacking. Yes, it's a little limited compared to an Anthony Davis, who I think, I mean, I hope he's the one guarding Nikola Jokic because if it's Javale McGee, he can create buckets for 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 Nikola Jokic. So I will call out Anthony Davis if he is not guarding Nikola Jokic in Game One. Here's what I got to say. Are you kidding me? The, the Nuggets just came back from 3-1. How are they under any pressure? I think that's wrong, actually. I think the Nuggets are under more pressure to win game one, and that's based on one thing and one thing only. When you are an athlete, sometimes you can get too confident, and you can think you can do things that you can't. The competition in this series is greater than they have faced this year because it is the Western Conference Finals. And it's at least supposed to be every year the two best teams in the West facing off in a seven-game series to see who gets to be the best team in the West. I'm going to say the Nuggets are under more pressure just because I don't want them to get too high on themselves. Hey, we just came back from 3-1. Oh, man, we did it again. Let's go. And then maybe they don't try as hard game one or game two. Or they lose those games and they and they say to themselves – Eh, whatever. I mean, we'll just come back 3-1 again. And then by the time game four comes around and they're down 15 to start the second half and, and their coach is talking and they don't know what he's talking about because maybe they lacked on the film study a little bit. We're taking it too easy. Now they're like, oh, crap, this is the end of our season. We're about to get swept in the Western Conference Finals. We didn't really prove anything to anybody. And and that's that's why I think they're under more pressure to win game. They win game one then they can't relax, but they can they can uh, kind of prove some people wrong. I kind of see the point you're trying to make, but at the same time, these are professional athletes that have proven that that you know that they know how to prepare themselves, and also. Um, the Nuggets have also they, – they've said it themselves. They feel no pressure whatsoever. They're playing free. They're not the team. They're not the team that in the preseason like, – like, like the Nuggets, they themselves felt like they could compete for a championship this year. But nobody else no, – everybody, everybody was saying Lakers, Clippers, Bucks, maybe the Celtics today. There's – Sixers, Celtics, if the Celtics can figure it all out with Kemba, and maybe Houston, if they can figure it out, right? That's it, Denver Nuggets and that. So they don't feel any additional pressure besides the pressure they put on themselves, okay? The Lakers are the team that going into the season were, were, were at least the second 
highest, the, the second biggest favorite to win the NBA championship this year, not the Denver Nuggets. So they, and I think they prove, hey, they, 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 they don't play with no pressure. They don't feel any added pressure onto them. They're playing freely. They're enjoying each other. They're having a bunch of fun right now playing together and as a team. I think this will be a competitive. I think L.A. will win in six. I don't expect also LeBron, by the way, is 14-0 when he has a 3-1 lead on the team. Just pointing that out there. Um, I don't think L.A., if we go up 3-1, I don't think we'll blow a 3-1 lead. Uh, I'm going to knock on wood just in case. If I worded that any kind of way, I just knocked on wood. Um, I'm not, I'm not worried, but this is not no walk in the park. Denver is tough. They're resilient. I think this would be a good series to watch. I'm excited for it. I'm ready for it. Yeah, definitely. All right, John, you want to stick with some NBA action right here? Yep. So game two is tonight, Boston and Miami. Really quickly update on Gordon Hayward's condition. Gordon Hayward, for the first time since going down in game one, uh, of the Eastern Conference quarterfinals of the first one. Quarterfinals, it sounds weird, like when you say it. I don't know why um, it just sounds weird coming out of the mouth. But he is currently being listed as doubtful for game two tonight against against Miami. That means he's not going to play unless they're but, up by 30. I, uh, but, when, you, when you hear questionable and doubtful, questionable means he's going to play. Doubtful means he's not playing. I'm I'm just saying that because it's the first time since that Miami that Philly game one in the first round that has been changed from out to doubtful. Meaning there's serious progress being made. And he also, if I believe, he practiced heavily with the team prior to game one. So there's definitely progress being made. And each and it looks like he is getting close to the act. He's he's actually the report. Gordon Hayward did not practice with the team. On Monday, but did go through hard workouts afterwards. So he'll probably come back in probably game three or game four, depending on how well he does in his workouts. With if they want to, if they want to reintroduce him to the team, grade three ankle sprain, I believe that was the report. So Boston lost game one by three points. Who are you looking? Sorry, we've got a little bit who of a are you lag. looking for what the yeah. Um, who are you looking for to step up tonight for Boston in game two? I'm looking for Kimball Walker. Kimball Walker, I think considered a max he's considered a max guy, an all-star, a potential all NBA player, right? Guard when he was with Charlotte. Okay. He has not played all NBA level for that's for sure. And I, I don't know if he's played like super max kind of basketball. Um so I, I think if he can put in a good 25 and and all things being equal, then I think the Celtics should easily take this game, meaning the scoreboard will look like the Celtics kind of had it. Uh, going for them the whole time. They're going to win by f- six, seven, eight points. Um, it's not going to be an easy game, but it's they're going to win by a bigger margin than just one or two shots. If Kemba does not play well, then I think the Heat, I mean, because that's just one less guy they have to guard and one more guy they can go at on the offensive side because Kemba is not the great, world's greatest defender. And I know the Celtics have actually really, really good defense outside of Kemba Walker with Marcus Smart, Jalen Brown, Tatum, and Tice. But you find that one liability on, on the defensive side of the ball, and you attack them, and then you force them to take him out the game, and then he's never going to be able to find his rhythm. So if he can find his rhythm early and be putting putting the ball in the hoop at a, at a really good clip in the first, maybe even second quarter, then I think the Celtics should um, win this game. But, but if that doesn't happen, then I think the Heat are going up too well. Miami in game one had around practically four players in the 20 point margin. Um, I think, I think they had like, they were like four points from um, Kemba and Brown combined short, but 
like 17 and 19 from those I'll, two? I'll talk about Miami. Miami had four. Oh, oh, oh okay. Um, Boston in the regular season are the first team uh, ever. That's like the Golden State when KD, Clay, and Steph to have three 20-point-per-game scores on their team with um, Tatum, Kemba, and once it was Gordon Hayward as well during the regular season, like pre-bubble. Um, with that being said, Kemba Walker has to step up big time tonight. I'm agreeing with you 100% here. Kemba Walker needs to step up big time tonight because if he doesn't, again, I said they're about – I said yesterday they're about here. No Gordon Hayward. And then Kemba Walker not playing particularly well about right here. But with Kemba Walker playing well, and then with Gordon Hayward, they're about here. So they start so to they, competition. Right. This Boston team, when they were firing on all cylinders, we saw what they could do to the Lakers back in February when Jason Tatum was dropping 41 and the Lakers couldn't do anything about it. This Celtics team is the biggest threat to the Lakers right now. But with Kemba playing like this, no Gordon Hayward, Boston is in trouble. They need to win tonight. And it starts with their point guard, Kemba Walker. I know We know what Jason Tam's going to do. Marcus Smart has stepped up his role now that Gordon Hayward's been now knocking down perimeter shots and playing well defensively. Jalen Brown has stepped up this season as well, playing like a star caliber guard a future all-star in the making. Note that it's a Kemba Walker. Kemba Walker needs to step up tonight. Well, I'll give him credit. He's owned it. He's not Paul George. And while everyone will say Paul George is the nicest guy in the world, all that, I don't care. Paul George is one of my least favorite players because it's an excuse for everything. Just shut up and own it. And that's what Kemba Walker is doing. So I expect Boston to win game two tonight. I don't think they're going to go down 0-2 to this Miami team because they know how detrimental it could be. Brad Stevens gave Miami a lot of credit, so they know how good Miami is. They're not getting, they're not sleeping on Miami. I like Boston to win tonight. Jason Tatum, however, I will say this, Warner. Jason Tatum needs to finish daggone game tonight. He has to close the game out. And that that's what that's what top ten players do. You saw Jimmy Butler when it mattered most. He had a clutch three in the fourth. Yep. He, he had a he had a clutch three in the corner towards the end of the fourth quarter, I believe. And then he had to go ahead and one uh, layup with Tatum guarding him. I might add with Tatum guarding him. So um, that that that's what top ten caliber players do. And Jason Tatum needs to close the game out tonight. For Boston to win, I think they will win. I have Boston in seven. I might have to change my pick if Miami wins tonight. All right, let's finish this episode up right now, Sean. All right, so here is a new thing. We're really quick. Got my got my water right here. Now hold on. Hey, you know what, Sean? I really don't want to show you up. But I got this giant jug on my desk. Right I don't now. care. I don't care what you have. And boy, oh boy, it is I, I feel hydrated already. I don't care what you have, okay? That, that <laughs> big can of uh, water for no reason. But here's what we're going to do. So every week I'm going to keep track of the NFL games, and we're going to make predictions for each team at the end of the season. Whoever has the best record in terms of predictions between me and Warner will win. We'll have to buy. We'll, we'll, we'll receive lunch from the other person. Yay. I'm joking. Probably not. All right. But anyway, Warner, so here's – each week we do seven games. First game for week two is the Browns and the Bengals. Thursday night football tonight, Warner, Browns, Bengals. Are we doing the over-under as well, Sean? You want to do the, the – oh, let's do the over-under. The over-under for this game, I think, is 43-and-a-half. Um, let me double-check that. Yeah, 43-and-a-half is the over-under. I'm going to pick the hometown team on the over. I think it's going to be a higher-scoring game. I think the Bengals are come out, going to come out charged up. Um, will Wanting to – I mean, wanting to just continue – 
beating the Browns down. Like they are not even a football team. And, um, and I think they're going to show up and show out. I think Joe Burrow is going to be uh, – Joe Burrow and T. Higgins, those rookies, are going to be very, very excited to be playing their first primetime game. And uh, as long as Mr. Uh, Calf Cramp doesn't, doesn't uh, pull another one, then um, – I, I, I don't even think he's in the injury report this week. That's, that's the worst part. I, I, I don't – I think the Bengals are going to win this one. I'm taking Bengals in the over. Um. I'm gonna take the Browns on the over. I think the I think it's gonna be a little bit more of a blowout, like 31-17, a blowout, more like a two touchdown game. Um, the Bengals struggle with with they struggled against the Chargers, my, my Chargers pass rush last year. That offense last week, that offensive line was that is absolutely atrocious. Uh, for if I'm being completely honest with you. Miles Garrett is um, it's amongst the elite pass rushers, and I am hoping to God the Browns win because I, I, I we talked about the ramifications if Cleveland does not win tonight. Baker Mayfield, Odell, and I just want to see Warren's face and see his reaction if the Browns win and beat Joe Burrow. Even though I will say this, Joe Burrow lives for these prime time and the big light moments, but I, I think Cleveland will win tonight. You said the over, correct? I said the over. That's correct. I'm keeping track of all these. I don't try to pull anything. I'm I'm, I'm keeping track of it as well, so you don't try to pull anything. All right. Bet. Um, game number two, Sean. Uh, game number two, we're going to we were gonna say with the primetime games. Got Sunday Night Football rematch of Super Bowl 49. You got Super Bowl 49, the New England Patriots to the Seattle Seahawks. Quarterback this time around, however, uh, Warner, who you got, and you can tell me the over under or whatever because I don't know that off the top of my head. All right, um, I've got the Seahawks, I think they're a pretty obvious pick. Um, Cam Newton just doesn't have the weapons to throw to, and I know the Patriots have a really, really nice defense, but Seattle's defense isn't half bad either. And, um, the way that the weapons on the offenses stack up, I, I think the um. Seahawks are going to be able to take this one. I think they're going to be able to take it pretty handily. I think it's going to be one of those games that's kind of close, but not close at the same time. Like the Seahawks go wire to wire. Um, but, you know, the Patriots kind of answer. Maybe the Seahawks get a touchdown, the Patriots get a field goal. When the Seahawks get a field goal, the Patriots go three and out. Then uh, touchdown, then touchdown, but then the Patriots answer with the touchdown. So I think it's going to be one of those games. Right now, the over-under is at 45. I'm going to pick the under. I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. All right. Um, ooh, I'm going to go with the under as well. I just thought about that. New, New England, they got maybe the best secondary in football, especially with that, that cornerback depth. JC, I just let off with JC Jackson. I'm disrespectful. Stephon Gilmore, JC Jackson. <laughs> JC Jackson really puts that secondary together. I mean, he, he really just makes it. He comes down. The Patriots are screwed. They're screwed. Um, but all seriousness, Stephon Trevor Gilmore, JC Jackson. Oh. All right. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I got I got Seattle in the under. There's there's too much talent on that offense. Even though I think I'm going to go with the under as well. I think Seattle's secondary is going to be trouble for, I mean, not Seattle, uh, New England's secondary is going to be a little bit of a troublemaker for young receivers like DK Metcalf and the rest of our receiving core, which after Metcalf and Lockett is kind of thin. Uh, so I, I got I got Seattle in this one with the under. All right. And the last game, uh, primetime game anyway, is Sunday night, Monday Night Football, the Saints and the Raiders. Right now, the word is no. Um, Michael Thomas as of the moment. So, Warner, Saints-Raiders, Monday Night Football. The opening, by the way, of the Raiders. Go ahead. You want me to go first? Go, no, no, no I'll, I'll make my pick, but go ahead what you're talking about with the stadium. Oh, yeah, this is the Raiders' opening game in their new stadium in Las Vegas, but go ahead. Okay, here we go. Ready? Don't you dare. 
Wait, can I go first, at least? Can I go first? Because I, I have a I have a feeling I know what you're gonna go with. Can, can we can we end up changing our picks if Michael Thomas comes back? Yes. And, yes. Okay. Then I got the Raiders. Um yes, I, think, I got the Raiders as well. Um I, I just don't have any faith in in um Emmanuel Sanders, he was targeted, what, five times, had three catches for 15 yards, um, which is not you, what you want to see your number one receiver this week, assuming Mike T doesn't come back, um, put up. So I, I've got I've got the uh, Raiders winning this game. Uh, you know, hey, why not see the Raiders go 2-0 to start the season, win their first game, um, win their first game in the new stadium, and you know how Raiders fans are, and and um, I think they're going to be cheering as hard as they can uh, from their couch watching it on on the TV. Um, the over under is forty nine. I think I'm going to pick the under. Um, actually, can I go? I I've, mm. I'm going to pick the over because I don't think. I'm gonna pick the under. Go ahead. I'm gonna pick the under because I, I don't think I don't think the Raiders are gonna be able to score that much on the Saints defense because the Saints still have a good defense. But True. I don't think the Saints are really gonna be able to do as much as they would like to without, without, Michael. without Michael Thomas. Okay, so I was gonna go over just to disagree, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna agree. All right, next game, Warner. We're gonna go back and forth now, so I'll introduce. I'll ask you as the next one's going. All right. Um, I'm the Raiders for that one, correct? Yeah, you, I have you down for the Raiders. All right, next game, Cowboys and Falcons. Both teams 0-1, both teams. We kind we had some positive things and some negative things to say about them when we did our preseason power rankings. They are Cowboys. very teams. They huh? are, like, they are eerily similar. I mean, both have really talented teams with so-so head, with, with so-so head coaches. And just they always underachieve every year. I mean, um, this this game I think is going to be interesting. I think we're going to see the Cowboys come up on top. I just don't feel comfortable picking the Falcons. Um, they, oh man, I mean it's the Falcons, <laughs> and I know it's the Cowboys too. And despite how much I dislike the Cowboys, um, I, I gotta say the Cowboys are going to take this one. Let me see what the over under is though. While you figure that out, I'm gonna pick the I'm gonna pick the Falcons on this one, um, because one one of the things that I, why I picked the Cowboys to win the division this year, I thought their offense with that three headed monster, potentially a wide receiver coupled with Ezekiel Elliott and Dak Prescott at quarterback, I thought that offense was gonna show some potential. They have not thus far, and we know that this Atlanta Falcons team is gonna light up the scoreboard, and also this Falcons offense. Ain't the Los Angeles Rams, people. It ain't. They not the Rams. This Falcons team is going to light up the scoreboard. They're going to stop the stat sheet. I got the Falcons. And unless the over-under is in the 60s, I got the over. 52 and a half. Ooh, crap. Okay. <laughs> I was pretty close. Uh, I'm going to still take the over. I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. And who's who's that got to stop Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley and – their pass rush isn't absolutely a, nobody. Nobody. <laughs> I got I got the Falcons with the over. I got the Cowboys with the over. I think it's gonna be a higher scoring game too. These defenses are both suspect for me. And while the offenses at times are suspect as well, I, I think I have more faith in the offense of the Cowboys than I do with the Falcons. All right. I'm oh. actually gonna I'm I'm gonna introduce the next one so you can go first on your Packers and I could go first on my Chargers. Deal? All right, that's fine. All right. Uh, next game, it is the Rams and the Eagles. Uh, flashback to 2017. It was the Rams that ended Carson Wentz's MVP, prop, probably MVP season when he tore his ACL. I mean, that was kind of Carson Wentz's fault, just a little bit. Um, Warner, who you got? Eagles and Rams. Week week two, Rams 1 0, Eagles 2 0 to start. I mean, Eagles 0 1 to start. I was going to say, um, I got the Rams. I, I don't want to overreact too much to the Eagles losing against an unnamed team, but I, I don't have very much faith in them. And I mean, uh, I mean, the Rams are, the Rams are a very, very top heavy team. And, and I think the way you beat the Eagles is with a 
a bunch of top heavy talent. The the Eagles aren't necessarily an enormously deep team. In fact, they're they're kind of they kind of have a lack of depth. And I think you know Darius Slay on that defense is going to be able to put in some work. But on the other side, there's Jalen Ramsey, and um, you know a guy like John Johnson. Um, you have Aaron Donald, of course. Uh, with that banged up offensive line, I, I got to say, I think the Rams are going to win this one and put themselves in a very, very, very good start or a good spot in that loaded West. Also, the over-under is 46. I'm going to take the under. Yep. Uh, I'm going to take the Los Angeles Rams. I'm taking uh, No, I'm taking the under. I'm taking the under. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to take the Los Angeles Rams as well. Um, I don't trust the Eagles because the Eagles offensive line to start that game against the rest. Like, oh, okay, hey, it's they're, they're they're doing fine, and then in that second half, it was just it was just mayhem. Chase Young got it going, and you go from Chase Young to Aaron Donald. The Aaron Donald is coming legit towards Carson Wentz's face. Okay. Um, uh, he, he like he, he's not coming around him. He's coming towards him, right at his freaking face. Um, it's not like it's Chandler Jones coming around the edge. Right, it, 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 it's not Chandler Jones coming around the edge or Chase Young coming around the edge. It's Aaron freaking Donald coming straight at you. So, um, and, and then offensively, I trust Sean McVay a little bit more than Doug Peterson, especially with Doug Peterson has no weapons to to kind of work with. Um, and so does Carson Wentz. Um, and even if they did, I mean, you, they got Jalen Ramsey on the opposite side of the field who who, who could just shut that down instantly. Um, I was kind of while, while I gave credit to Mike McCarthy, still looking like he doesn't know how to call plays in the modern NFL. The Rams defense looked solid at the very least, at least a Ben Don't Break defense. Um, I got the Rams in a surprising 2-0 star. I don't think very many people, including myself, would have picked them to beat the Cowboys opening night and then – not opening night, but week one – and then go net, go week two and beat the Eagles. I got the Rams in the under because I expect to see more from the same from the Cowboys, and I expect the Rams to win week week two uh, with the uh, um, under, with the under as well. So I got the Rams with the under. You know, I, I think the thing with the Rams is just two years ago they went thirteen and three and lost in a in a historically terrible to watch Super Bowl. Um, then we see them go what they went nine and seven last. Or did they go seven and nine? They went, I think they went nine and seven last year. They had a, for, a, a former MVP front runner and Todd Gurley be banged up all season, not be anywhere near his best self. You saw Jared Goff kind of take a step back. Cooper Cup was out. And they had an underwhelming season, despite getting Jalen Ramsey. Now you see them, they have a very, very top-heavy roster. Todd Gurley's in Atlanta. You have, you know, kind of a Masha question. Masha Brown showed that he can run last week. I will give him that. Kind of a question at running back before the season started. Always, You're always going to have a question about Jared Goff at quarterback. He's had a very, very strange career. Um, and then defensively, they're just—they're not a very deep team. They're a very top-heavy team, and and sometimes that's good, sometimes that's really, really bad, like when injuries strike. So, you know, I think they were really, really underrated. It's kind of—it's kind of like how how the Packers went. They didn't really do much in the draft or in free agency. Packers were really criticized in the draft. Then they come out and put a forty. Rightfully so. Rightfully, rightfully so. But just because you draft something for the future doesn't mean you made your team progressively worse. And and I think the Packers showed that with the forty three piece they just put on the Vikings, and, and I think the Rams are showing, and and I think the the Rams are showing that against uh, you know beating a team like Dallas who's probably favored to win their division, and I've already explained where most of the thirty four points came from, so I, I don't need to touch on it's, that again. It, it, it's still thirty four points. Let's talk about the pack the Warners Packers. They face the Lions in Week Two. Warner, who you got the Lions? Won a couple teams last year that did give the Packers a couple a little. I mean, I mean, it, it, it was you competitive. Kidding? It was are you competitive. kidding? It was competitive. Are, are you kidding? It was competitive. That's, all, that, that's really? what I'm saying. It was competitive. Of course the Packers are going to win. Come on now. It, I mean, it's the Lions. Uh, they, they, have, they have an unproven Jeff Okuda at, court, at corner. This will be a second game of his career. No more Darius Slay. 
no more um, Quandre Diggs. And and I mean, yes, they have a, they have a nice running game with DeAndre Swift and and um, Carryon Johnson, and that is our weak spot. They also have really nice receivers. They have an overall talented offense. Sean, can I ask you a question? Maybe. Can you name one person in their starting offensive line? Because I, <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna be straight up with you. I don't know anybody in their offensive line, and I do know some guys named. Well, Kenny Clark's questionable, but I know a guy named Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith and also Rashawn Gary, who are are at the worst average pass rushers and at the best all pro pass rushers. And so um, I think, you know, we have Green Bay has a good enough secondary to be able to contain um, their their wideouts um, and, and a good enough pass rush to kind of even if they can't contain the wideouts they're, they're going to end up doing it just based on the sole factor that Matt Stafford has no time. Uh, I'm slightly concerned about the run game. I think this is going to be a big prove it week for the run defense of the Packers. And then offensively, I mean, unless Aaron Rodgers breaks his collarbone and we have to see Jordan Love play, then um, I, I don't think there's any way that, uh, that Detroit can win. Um, the over-under for that game, let's see. The over-under, um, for this game, first of all, the Packers are favored uh, 68%, and the over-under is 49. I'm going to pick the over. Um, I think the Lions can do a good amount of scoring on our defense, um, and I think that we are going to blow the top off of the Lions' defense. So, Can we play the horn? This is... Sean, upset of the week. Every week I have an upset of the week. The Detroit Lions are going to upset the the Green Bay. No, no, no. Do not ruin your career because you want to get at me saying the Packers are going to lose. Come on now. (laughs) Don't don't ruin yourself like that. You could have had the the Raiders as your upset of the week. I mean. No, that's not an upset upset because Michael Thomas is not playing. So, I mean, dang, if he was playing, that, that would have been my upset of the week. And as much as I love my Chargers, that's not happening. Even though – even though uh, – Two bad picks, the Lions and the Chargers to win because the Chiefs are going to be the Chargers. Patrick Mahomes has struggled the most. If you look at his, his previous games, he struggled the most against the Chargers. Just want to point that out there. But seriously, like you pointed out, the Packers' weakness is that run defense against the Vikings. They allowed 6.1. Yards for yards for carry and two touchdowns on a Vikings run game that only saw Dalvin Cook carry the ball 12 times in that game. Matthew Stafford is a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins. As much as I love Kirk Cousins, you. you like that, Warner? I'm okay with your pick because I know it's going to be wrong. So now I get an advantage going into week three, and you admitted that Kirk Cousins wasn't as good as you thought he was. No, I said Matthew – I never said – Kirk Cousins was this because I thought he was. I said Matthew Stafford was better than Kirk Cousins. You and me, we got to come up with with some quarterback rankings because I'm really curious. Because you say Matt Stafford's better than Kirk, and you have Matt Stafford in the top ten. Actually, he might be a top ten QB. Okay. We need to do that. We need to do that list. Hey, but um, but seriously, and if we're talking about the depth of the wide receiving core, the Lions have have more depth at wide receiver. And at tar- if for targets for uh for Matthew Stafford. I'm talking about the line. Who's their number three receiver? I mean, they don't have gold. If they had Golden Tate, if they had Tate, Galladay, and Marvin Jones. Galladay, Marvin Jones, Danny and Manola, who have five catches or 81 yards. TJ Hawkinson is getting trust from Matthew Stafford. Okay, so what about the backups? Because some people are going to get tired. They don't even say. As I was saying, do not even say Geronimo Allison either. Don't say it. Say what you. Do not even say that Geronimo Allison is a. Geronimo, I quit. But serious. All right. Um. So you got the Lions. What do you? But uh, all but all serious. But all 
the over. The only way they beat the Packers and I and my upset of the week. This is gonna be my new gimmick. I have an upset of the week every week. Uh, only way that happens is if um, they, they they go the other. It's gonna have to be a high scoring game. And the Packers gave up thirty four points last week. <laughs> hey, hey. Oh man. You know the Chargers have a 28.8% chance to win this game according to ESPN analytics. I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not, I'm not picking the Chargers. I said that. I, I said oh, that already. Trying to rub it in my face. Chiefs, Chiefs Chargers. Who's winning? And over on the over um Chiefs. over underline 47 and a half. I'm going to go under, actually. Again, Patrick Mahomes throughout his career has struggled the most against the Chargers' defense, and including last year when Derwin James missed both meetings last year. He's Go ahead. Warner, I can't I – I, I couldn't really – I couldn't really hear you there for a second. But, um, again – Oh. Um, <laughs> Last year, even without Derwin James, he still kind of struggles. I don't want to hear that. Chargers pass rush is healthy. I like the Chiefs, though, because my Chargers offense can't. Healthy for now. So you got the Chiefs on the under? I got the Chiefs under 47. If it was like 40 or 45, now I'd say over. But I I think it's. I, I think it'll be like 24, 20, 24, 17, something around that area. Um, I don't see the char- I don't see I don't see the Chiefs blowing the scoreboard up. So I got the Chiefs with the under 47 and a half. I have the Chiefs with the over. I think the Chargers are gonna score about 13 to 17 points, and I think the Chiefs are gonna get probably close to 30. Um in that 27 to, to 35 point range. I don't think they're necessarily gonna blow the brakes off, but I think the um, Chargers offense isn't going to be on the field enough. And I think the defense is just going to overall just get beat down and beat down. And um, the Chiefs take advantage of that with maybe a, a, a deep shot or two um, to Hill or Hardman or Watkins or Robinson or Kelsey or, or, or Williams or Edwards Hilaire. And, um, I hate <laughs> and, and um, I, I think, you know, a deep shot there only takes like – 10 seconds off the clock for that drive. And then the Chargers come out, quick three and out. And then now the defense is back on the field. They give up another touchdown. So I, I can see something like that happen. I'm going to go Chiefs with the over. You just reminded me that I'm going to have to face that offense <laughs> for at least the next five years. I, I am petrified now. Good night, right, that is, that is it for today's episode of Sports Headlines. Unless Warner has anything else to say. This episode, as always, is powered by Crossover 365. Uh, go check them out. Go check out the the, the, the network. They're, the the podcast side, the sportscaster side. They're doing great work on the podcast side. Obviously, on the sportscaster side. Not, I'm not. I'm not going to say what I was about to say because don't, uh, yeah. don't say it. I, I'll text you what I was about to say. But anyway, <laughs> thank you. Thank you for watching the most authentic place in sports. We'll be back. Game two tonight, Easter Conference Finals. We'll be back tomorrow to recap that. Hopefully something crazy happens in the Browns-Bengals game, so we can talk about that tomorrow and all that and more. Thank you, Warner, as always. We'll see you guys tomorrow.